All the internet is asking today, did Eric Swalwell pass gas on MSNBC last night? Also asking, who is Eric Swalwell? What is MSNBC? Did you have absolutely nothing else to do last night? And really, can't you read a book or at least an interesting article or even the back of a cereal box instead of allowing the precious seconds of your one and only existence on this earth dissolve into nothingness while you watch Eric Swalwell pass gas on MSNBC? The questions arose after Swalwell appeared on Hardball with Chris Matthews and apparently went from metaphorically talking out of his ass to the real thing. Twitter users immediately began trying to determine whether this was indeed a case of public flatulence or just the usual MSNBC content or the latest Democrat talking point or a new Elizabeth Warren story about her past or some other rude noise accompanied by a dreadful smell. The Swalwell eructation controversy was soon trending on Twitter along with other trivial matters of absolutely no interest like International Men's Day, the designer of Kate Middleton's lace dress, what your zodiac sign says about your core values, and the House impeachment hearings. ABC News led with the flatulence story, issuing a new poll that said 100% of ABC viewers were not hearing news about ABC's massive cover-up of Jeffrey Epstein's reign of sexual terror and how the Epstein story may have been quashed to protect Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign and how that would bring suspicion on ABC anchor George Stephanopoulos, who not only helped Bill Clinton's campaign bury charges of sexual abuse, but also attended Epstein's party after he became a convicted sexual and now back to the fart story. The Democrat National Committee, meanwhile, tried to distance itself from the incident by issuing a statement saying they had no idea who Swalwell was. When someone explained Swalwell was a Democrat congressman, the committee said they still had no idea who he was. But what was that awful smell? Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Claven, and this is The Andrew Claven Show. I feel hunky-dunky, life is tickety-boo. Birds are winging, also singing, hunky-dunky-dee-doo. Ship-shaped, ipsy-topsy, the world is a bitty zing. It's a wonderful day, hurrah, hooray, it makes me want to sing. Oh, hurrah, hooray. Oh, hooray, hurrah. Well, I hate—I have to tell you, I hate flatulence jokes, but that was the only way I could figure out how to cover that story uh, without actually having to talk about it. Uh, if you've never seen the movie Serpico, you should definitely see it. It is a great film. It's based on the true story of New York City police officer Frank Serpico, who helped expose the pervasive corruption in the NYPD of the 1970s. One of the things that's fascinating to me about the story is that Serpico didn't set out to expose the corruption. He just didn't want to take part in it. But that was enough to make the corrupt cops on the force, and there were a lot of them back then, seek to destroy him. And you have to wonder, were they afraid Serpico would rat him out to the authorities, or was it simply that by being clean, he confronted the corrupt with their own corruption? No one would make the claim that Donald Trump has led a blameless life, but whatever his flaws, he does not seem to have been a part of the massive cancer of power-grabbing decadence that has spread through what Andrew Breitbart used to call the Democrat media complex. The slow and relentless transfer of power from the people and their chosen representatives to a massive network of unelected and unaccountable agencies and their bureaucrats. The symbiotic relationship between that deep state and the corporations they can regulate and the domination of our news media by those corporations. All of this has led us beyond the usual petty government sleaze endemic to democratic societies into a world of privilege and abuse of authority, which is now exposing itself in its seemingly uncontrollable need to destroy the president, who's not a part of it. Anonymous spies who leak inside government information to a news media who then report the leaks without giving us any sense of their informant's agenda. And then they tell us to be grateful that faceless bureaucrats and a one-party press have our best interests at heart. 
a Congress that has absconded from its legislative responsibilities and does absolutely nothing but level baseless charge after baseless charge against the president, while the media reports each charge with the same credulous fascination and then obsessively condemns the two or three commentators over at Fox News who won't join in the fun. The sex abuse, the persistent misuse of women and young girls by the rich and powerful, and the cover-up of that abuse by the news media, especially the three TV networks, is a symptom of the rot that has spread through the entire system. Corruption is a cancer that tries to destroy everything that is not itself. Trump is imperfect, like all of us, but his flaws are as nothing compared to the deep, dark state and its news media that are coming after him simply because he's not one of them. We will talk about this corruption, which really, it really has got me kind of gobsmacked with amazement uh, over how deep it goes. But first, let us talk about something that you can put in your gob and clean it up, which is Quip toothbrushes. Uh, Quip makes these beautifully styled, elegant, uh, electronic toothbrushes that you can t travel with. Uh, they don't need a charger. They have their battery operated. They have se sensitive sonic vibrations with a built-in timer and 30-second pulses. So you make sure that you uh, brush each quadrant of your teeth uh, enough and make sure you get it all clean. Quip makes it easy to stick to a healthy brushing habit, starting with an electric toothbrush, which you need, refillable floss, and anti-cavity toothpaste. And the Quip floss dispenser comes with pre-marked string to help you use just enough. Quip delivers fresh brush head, floss, and toothpaste refills to your door every three months with free shipping so your re routine is always right. Join over three million healthy mouths and get Quip today, starting at 25 bucks. And if you go to getquip.com slash Clavin right now, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash Clavin, G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash Clavin, Quip, the good Habits Company, although they have the bad habit of spelling get quip, but not spelling Clavin, because you got to know. You have to know. There are no, I just make it look this easy. <laughs> Tomorrow, let me remind you, is mailbag day, which means you got to subscribe. <laughs> Uh, and you, you too, will sound like that after the mailbag because all your problems will be solved. Go to dailywire.com and subscribe. It's just a lousy 10 bucks a month, a lousy 100 bucks. In fact, we have a deal I'll tell you about a little bit later. You can get it even cheaper. But if you subscribe, then you can be in the mailbag. You hit the podcast button, hit the Andrew Clavin podcast. There's a little picture of a mailbag. Hit that, and you can ask me anything you want. Ask me about religion. Ask me. <laughs> you can even just scream in my ear like that. If you ask me about politics, your personal life, all my answers are guaranteed 100% correct and will change your life. For the better, you got to tune in tomorrow and find out. So I ended up yesterday talking about uh, Jeffrey Epstein, and I want to begin with him again today. Not just to talk about him, but to talk about this kind of chain of power and corruption that goes through our media, our politicians, our elites, these people who feel that they should be running the world through these agencies and through these unelected bureaucrats, and that we, the people uh, who annoy them by being deplorable and not believing everything they say, we are the bad guys in this story. So remember, I mean, just remember, all of this came about, a lot of the exposure of these, of these sexual things came about uh, through their 
hatred of Donald Trump because Donald Trump made that comment about when you're famous, women will let you grab them, which is probably a true statement. But they hate him so much that everything he says, they react to it. And when they reacted to it and they started this Me Too movement, it was a lot of them who got caught. So uh, yesterday we were talking about this disastrous BBC interview that Prince Andrew gave. And he was talking, uh, he went on to, he went to uh, parties, a party with Jeffrey Epstein where he was the guest of honor. Uh, Prince Andrew was the guest of honor at a party for Jeffrey Epstein, George Stephanopoulos also there. And this is after Epstein had been exposed and convicted as a sexual predator. There's a girl who says she had sex with Prince Andrew three times when she was 14. There's a picture of him with his hand on her waist. And he was asked about this in this BBC interview. Uh, here he is lying about it. Nobody can prove uh, whether or not um, that it, that photograph has been doctored, but I don't recollect that photograph ever being taken. And you don't recollect having your hand no. round her waist no. in Gerlaine Maxwell's house no. on any occasion, even if it was a different date? I'm terribly date. sorry, but if I, as a member of the royal family, and I have a photograph taken, and I take very, very few photographs, I am not one to, um, as it were, hug and um, public displays of affection are not something that, that I do. So I, 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 that, that's the best explanation I can give you. And, then, and I'm afraid to say that, that, that I don't believe that photograph was taken in the way that has been suggested. So he's claiming it was doctored. I didn't mean to suggest that that was an obvious lie that anyone could see through. And really, the words of a guy with so much privilege that he never expects to be uh, called out. But even more interesting than this thing, just the just the kind of privilege and self-assurance that would cause a guy to go on TV and give an interview like that was the defense launched by a lady, Lady Colin Campbell, who is a kind of a commentator, an upper-class commentator. She went on Piers Morgan's show. And when Piers Morgan uh, is making sense and you're not, you know that you're really not making sense. But she went on to defend, um, to defend the prince by pointing out or claiming that the girls that Jeffrey Epstein abused, and I'll talk about this in just a second, that the girls that he abused were prostitutes because he was paying them to abuse them. So here's this comment. You all seem to have forgotten that Jeffrey Epstein, his, the offense with which he was charged mm. and for which he was imprisoned was soliciting prostitution from minors. That is not the same thing as paedophilia. Soliciting what do you call prostitution. It? Prostitution. If you solicited a 14-year-old prostitution, you're a paedophile. It doesn't matter. The fact of the matter it does is, matter. It, it doesn't. It does the matter. Fact, and You're procuring they were not an underage girl for sex. In America, in America, in America sorry, I'm sorry. He wasn't a decent man. That is nonsense. No, no it's not. He, he was convicted of procuring a 14-year-old girl for sex. For was he? 14. Yes. 14. Well, but I'm not justifying Jeffrey well, that's Epstein. Paedophilia. I'm not justifying Jeff. No, paedophilia. I suspect there's a difference between a minor and a child. She was 14. So, so, you know, obviously, in some technical sense, she's right. He was not going after little kids, and I don't care whether it's pedophilia or not. But the idea that these girls were prostitutes is, is, shame, is shameful. That's the thing I'm trying to get at. What he did is he went after 14-year-old girls, and he had, he had another girl invite them over, and they would give him a massage, and he would move from that to as far as he could get. Apparently, according to these girls, he was somewhat deformed sexually uh, and, and uh, rather 
poorly endowed, but he would move to get as far as he could get with them. Uh, and then he would pay them. And these were girls, these, these were not like rich girls. These were girls who needed the money. And so they, you know, somebody would say to him, just go and give this old guy a massage and he'll give you $200 for 45 minutes work. And so they did, you know, and I, I mean, that that's on him, obviously, and it's prostitution, I suppose, in some uh, legalistic way, but these girls were not prostitutes. So now a new one, just to give you a sense of what's going on, a new woman has come forward, they call her Jane Doe 15, uh, and she is suing uh, in Manhattan, uh, saying that a, a female associate of Jeffrey Epstein began grooming her for sex with the pedophile, uh, giving her an iPod, and then, and then finally uh, she went to his house uh, and he sexually assaulted her. And Remember again, these uh, these girls. What when the when a girl would say to Jeffrey Epstein, "I don't want you to do this in, to me anymore," he would say, "All right, but you can still make the money if you go out and get me other girls." And so he had this chain of uh, supply going on. And here uh, she is. This is the first cut of Jane Doe 15 ex describing what happened uh, when she got there and Epstein assaulted her. Epstein took my sexual innocence in front of a wall of famed of framed photographs of him shaking hands and smiling with celebrities and political leaders. I was only 15 years old. After, he wanted to talk with me about what had just been my first sexual experience and directed me to take time to myself that night to cry. He said that would be beneficial to my growth. After this, we had a long talk about my future goals. I told him that I wanted to go to college to study biochemistry. He said that he wanted to give me money for college. He asked me how much money I thought he should give me. At 15 years old, living in northern Michigan with my mother, stepfather, and grandfather, I had no idea how to respond to a billionaire who had just raped me. I was being asked to quantify in monetary terms what had been taken from me. And so she, in innocence about what a college cost, said something like $5,000, and he gave her a check for $5,000. So, yeah, I mean, you can imagine being 14 or 15, and you're looking at this, and you're from the middle of nowhere, Michigan, uh, and this is happening to you. It's, how, how are you supposed to have, I mean, really, that, let's put it frankly, how are you supposed to have any kind of uh, compass on which to guide yourself? So I, I just want to play this one more cut of her because it just shows you the world she, she, this little girl from the sticks, is being introduced into. She says that she met Epstein on a class trip in New York City, and soon she was shuttled on Epstein's private plane with numerous other girls to his ranch in New Mexico. During my trip to New Mexico, I had flown on his jet which I later learned had been nicknamed the Lolita Express. While he was giving me a tour of the bedroom, he told me to get down and feel the carpeted floors of the room. He then asked if I noticed anything special about the floor, and I responded that it felt very soft. He laughed and said it was because the floors in the bedroom were foam mattress floors, because he liked to have girls sleep around him on the floor while he slept in the bed. I remember wanting to ask him why he would want that. However, I restrained myself out of fear of sounding like the child I was. Later, when I chose a seat on the jet, Jeffrey told me that is where his good friend Bill Clinton always chooses to sit. 
And so this is, I mean, it's a big deal that Bill Clinton was part of this. Uh, he was on the Lolita Express. We know what kind of guy Clinton was with women. That the, the idea that he wasn't taking advantage of these girls is very, very hard for me to believe. And you just can't get rid of the idea. Remember this video leaked by Project Veritas of an anchorwoman saying they killed this story during Hillary Clinton's run for pre the presidency. And I have no information that George Stephanopoulos did anything wrong, and I'm not accusing him, but if I were a journalist, that would be the first question that would come into my mind. The first question that would be, come into my mind would be, you know, did George Stephanopoulos, a guy who once told Hillary Clinton that he loved her, he said, I love you, Hillary, it's in his memoir, did, did he have anything to do with killing a story that would have scuttled Hillary Clinton's campaign? We know, we have videos, it's on YouTube, we have videos of George Stephanopoulos basically bullying uh, reporters into not reporting what they then called bimbo eruptions. The, the women who had been abused by Bill Clinton coming out and saying anything, and there was George Stephanopoulos to shut them down. So we know he did this, we know he did this. So that would be what a journalist would want to know next. That would be what any journalist would want to know. You would be curious about this. Instead, all three morning shows have participated in burying the, this story and stories like it. You know, uh, Kevin McCarthy, the minority leader, wrote a letter to ABC saying, what the hell? You know, what the hell were you doing killing this story? At least you could have notified the authorities. Here he is talking to Fox, who actually is covering the story. Remember. And she also had a witness come forward that had pictures, that had Clinton involved and others. This is, I'm not talking about the editorial authority of ABC, but I think they have a moral authority to answer these questions. What, what outside influence stopped this story? Because would, would another victim come forward again? Would, would we have stopped and saved other young women and men from human trafficking? And all three networks buried this story. All three networks buried the fact that McCarthy wrote them this letter and wants to know the answer. Let me stop here for just a second and talk about wise foods, because all of us live in a disaster area. Every one of us has something that could happen no matter where you are that could shut down electricity, that could make it difficult for first responders to get to you, that could put you and your family in danger. It is not, this is not some kind of uh, panic thing. It's just an ordinary pre uh, precaution to have food on hand. Wise foods make the kind of food that you will need. All their ingredients are chef prepared internally by the Wise Company. They cut out the middleman. They pass the savings on to you. They supply um, fresh food and water. All you need is four cups of water and then it doesn't even need to be hot and you take the contents of the pouch they give you, pour them into the water, stir, cover it, and that's it. In 15 minutes, you've got a meal ready to eat. There's no excuse for waiting until it's too late. Wise Emergency Food is an investment in peace of mind. And my listeners have VIP access to the Black Friday sales event from my friends at Wise Company. Text WISE, W-I-S-E, to 29691, 29691, and you'll get a reply with the early access link. If you've been on the fence about getting prepared or are looking to add more, this is the best time to do it. There's no other time of the year when so many of their products are discounted like this. Some are 70% off. In addition to that, if you text WISE to 29691, you'll be sent a 10-buck coupon code that can be used towards any item on their website. No exclusions. That's WISE to 29691. Shipping is free for my listeners. Text WISE to 29691 for ongoing automated text offers from WISE Company. Message and data rates may apply. Visit wisefoodstorage.com for privacy and terms. Just one more update on the uh, on the Epstein story. Uh, two guards um, have been uh, uh, reportedly um, 
arrested or at least are in company. Uh, at least in custody, uh, federal authorities have reportedly arrested Michael Thomas and Tova Noel. Uh, these are two of Jeffrey Epstein's guards at the Manhattan MCC Detention Center in New York City, where he hanged himself or was hanged or whatever happened. Uh, and they're interestingly, according to NBC News and CNN, they are charged with falsifying records, uh, which is interesting because uh, obviously there was nobody there. Uh, there was no... Um, there were no cameras operating. This was a guy who had, who had already, uh, according to him, been attacked. He was afraid for his life, and yet nobody was watching this guy. It is a very, very strange, strange story. And it's just part, it's part of all, you know, this is why, you know, two different films have been made about Roger Ailes, who is also apparently doing this at Fox News. Obviously, you know, malfeasance by bad treatment of women does not follow political parties. All I'm saying is if Roger Ailes was doing this, there's an HBO show about it. There's a movie made about it. Where's the story about Matt Lauer and the story of how when Ronan Farrow uh, tried to get this, Ronan Farrow now says in his new book that uh, girls were paid off by NBC to keep the Matt Lauer story undercover. We know that when ABC um, tried to find the whistleblower who released the tape of uh, Amy Robach saying she had this story and it was killed. We know that CBS helped out by firing a girl they thought had done it, though she hadn't. Uh, so these, this is three networks covering this up for very important people. And when, I'm, when I look at this, when I step back for a minute, and I see every day we have this, these impeachment hearings, impeachment, 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 you know, going on and on and on. But think of the stories that aren't getting the kind of coverage. There was a, a decision in California in this Planned Parenthood case. This was this guy, David Dalliden, who worked for the Center for Medical, uh, they say medical process on this uh, copy, but I think it was medical progress, as I recall. Anyway, he was another one of these Project Veritas guys, and he went into a, a Planned Parenthood, and he exposed the fact that they were organ har harvesting on live babies. They were selling the organs of aborted babies and of live babies. And they were, after the judge who was obviously partisan, who himself was a strong supporter of Planned Parenthood, but will, would not recuse himself, after he gave an instruction to the jury, basically demanding that they find the journalist, Dallin, guilty, uh, they were, Planned Parenthood was awarded millions in damages, uh, something about like close to $900,000 that are going to fall on this guy's head. So this means if you're a journalist, if you get a big story against Planned Parenthood and you get a judge, obviously a left-wing judge, right, who supports Planned Parenthood, who basically had had a, um, funded a, a place that had, um, that had a Planned Parenthood in the building, <laughs> that if you have that all that against you, you're going to get nailed. This is corruption. This is corruption. You don't uh, charge a journalist for exposing a big-time corruption story at Planned Parenthood. It's this network of corruption. When this story happened, when this story happened, it was when we were just starting this organization, The Daily Wire. And the way they reported the story, it was all about how these, these um, videos that showed what was going on had been edited. Uh, and they hadn't been edited. They'd been edited for space. But once they released the videos, he had these people dead to right. So they were harvesting babies' organs and selling them. That's what they were doing. The first video I ever made for this place was about this story. And it was so shocking that they wouldn't let me put the Daily Wire's name on it because they were so, they hadn't gotten used to me yet. I think if I did it today, they would let me do, get away with it. But this is a very handsome young version, younger version of me 
as a mainstream news reporter, this is how they reported the story and what the story really was. Good evening. This is the MSM News Desk, bringing you all the news that fits. A group of conservative right-wing conservatives have been releasing a series of hidden camera videos taken at Planned Parenthood facilities around the country. These far-right, icky conservative videos are heavily edited to make it look like Planned Parenthood kills babies and sells their body parts for medical experiments. Well, all right. Planned Parenthood does do that, but these videos try to make it seem like that's not okay. This video, for instance, entraps one of Planned Parenthood's most respected doctors in an admittedly awkward moment. I love sitting at the children's table. Ah, it's another boy. Mm, say you love Planned Parenthood. Uh, remember that these heavily edited videos have been heavily edited. Who was that guy anyway? <laughs> yeah, who was that guy? Indeed. Um, I can understand, now looking back on it, I can understand why they were shocked when I gave them this video. And if you weren't watching, that's the devil who's sitting at the table. You know, the, so this is, this is corruption on Planned Parenthood's part, part. I accuse the judge of corruption. I think the judge was absolutely should have recused himself and that his instructions to the jury was unfair. The press was corrupt. It's a net, it, it is a network. It's a network of belief, a belief system network that is riddled with corruption because they view anybody who opposes it as the bad guy. Just like It's just like Serpico. If you oppose it, you don't even have to try and stop them. You don't even have to try and stop them. Just opposing it makes them feel guilty because they know, they know what they're doing. And meanwhile, you know, I'm not a big Roger Stone fan. I'm always, I always dislike these guys like Avenatti and Roger Stone, these guys who kind of parade themselves as fixers and tough guys. They're always the first guys to break uh, whenever they're accused of anything. But Roger Stone didn't break. And he was accused of lying and intimidating witnesses, or at least tampering with witnesses in the Mueller probe. And so they convicted him. He's facing of lying and all this stuff. And I, I don't know what they will sentence him to, but he's facing, he could be put in prison for the rest of his life. He could be put in prison for the rest of his life, okay? <laughs> this is for getting in the way of the Mueller probe, which was a complete deep state setup, right? It was something that didn't have to happen. It was about a crime that never took place. And so, you know, the jury says he did it. The jury says he lied. The jury says he tampered with witnesses. Shouldn't have done that. But really, really, he goes to prison for life. He goes to prison for life and... You know, this guy who exposes Planned Parenthood, he gets nailed for it. I mean, this is one-way justice. It is one-way justice, and it is all connected. It is all connected to a sense that the state is supposed to be running things and not the people running the state. Ilhan Omar is another one. Uh, she, according to the New York Post, uh, paid $150,000 uh, to, to a consulting group three months after the Post first revealed that they were uh, romantically involved. She was funneling money to her lover through her campaign. Al Sharpton was taking a uh, million dollars from his own charity last year, also according to the New York Post. Uh, Sharpton got a 324000 salary, 32% higher than his 2017 pay. I get a 32% raise every year, too. Uh, and, and in addition to $159,000 bonus, $563,000 in other compensations. I mean, this guy, you know, this guy is 
the, the heart of darkness, Al Sharpton, and has been for a long time. But again, again, all this corruption and every day, all we hear is Trump, 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 Trump. And what did he do? What did he do? Well, we'll talk about that in a second. I'm going to take a break. Don't forget that tomorrow is the mailbag. You want to subscribe now? You want to be... <laughs> It, I'm telling you, you will have all your problems solved and you will sound exactly like this. And the thing is, right now, you can get a good deal on a subscription in honor of the hilarious self-owned by Liz Warren, who tweeted that she was selling a billionaire's tears mug, which she stole from us because we have the one and only, the one and only leftist tears uh mug, leftist tears tumbler, which of course is made from uh, the dust of unicorn horns and solid gold and valerian steel mixed together on the thigh of a virgin and rolled into our leftist tears tumbler. But she decided she was going to put out the billionaire tears mug. So if, if you send us uh, the code word, let me, what is it? It is... <laughs> Warren Tears, there it is, sorry. Warren Tears, you will get 20% off your subscription. 20% off all Access and Insider Plus subscriptions when you use the promo code Warren Tears. And with Insider Plus and All Access, you get the incredible Leftist Tears Hot or Cold Tumblr. With All Access, you get to talk to us um, on those Ask Me Anything uh, connections that we do from time to time. If you pay a little bit more, you don't have to talk to us. And of course, you get another kingdom uh, days earlier and you can be in the mailbag, which is tomorrow. All right, we're going to talk some more about just how dirty these guys are. And remember, it is all one thing. When Andrew Breitbart called him the Democrat media complex, he wasn't kidding around. We'll talk more in just a sec. All right, you know, everyone is uh, attacking Bill Barr, the attorney general, for a speech he made at the Federalist Club. Now, the Federalist, Cl Federalist Club is a highly successful right-wing group, uh, right-wing conservative group, that basically wanted to breed constitutionalist judges. Not right-wing or conservative judges, but judges who read the Constitution as it was meant to be read. People who were not activists to get them on the Supreme Court. You know, we're always attacking the left and saying they planned their march through Hollywood. They planned to take over the academies. They planned to take over the news media, and they did. Well, the Federalist Society was a conservative plan that really worked. And Bill Barr was talking there the other day, and he pointed out that it is not, it is not President Trump who is actually operating within the, coloring within the constitutional lines. It is the left who is breaking the rules and has been for a number of years. Immediately after President Trump won election, opponents inaugurated what they called the resistance. And they rallied around an explicit strategy of using every tool and maneuver to sabotage the functioning of the executive branch and his administration. The fact of the matter is that in waging a scorched earth, no holds barred war of resistance against this administration, it is the left that is engaged in the systematic shredding of norms and undermining the rule of law. And, and how can this not be so? I mean, how can it not be so when the right appoints judges who interpret the Constitution? Some of the, law, some of the rulings that have been coming down from the Supreme Court with the help of Gorsuch 
have been results that the left wants, but they have been decided on grounds uh, that the right wants, namely the, what is the right interpretation of the Constitution. It is only the left. Every time the left loses, they want to destroy the system. They go after the system. If they lose an election, they want to go after the Electoral College. If they lose the majority on the Supreme Court, they want to go after the Supreme Court and stack the Supreme Court. And if they start losing arguments, they want to ban free speech and declare that anybody who disagrees with them is hate speech. And it's just important to realize, because this is the difference. It's not, it's not that political parties haven't always had a corrupt side to them. It's not that democracies don't have a corrupt side. The important thing now is that the press, the corporate press, which is most of the press, which is most of the information you're getting, is part of this. Devin Nunes, or Nunez, or Nunu, or Nono, is at these impeachment hearings, took some of his time to outline the way the press has been covering these stories from Russian collusion on. Listen to this. New York Times, Trump campaign aides had repeated contacts with Russian intelligence. Also false. Slate was a Trump server communicating with Russia. This was false. New York Magazine, will Trump be meeting with his counterpart or his handler? This was false. The Guardian, Manafort held secret talks with Assange and Ecuadorian embassy. Also false. BuzzFeed, President Trump directed his attorney to lie to Congress about the Moscow Tower project. All of these were false. There was no objectivity or fairness in the media's Russia stories, just as a fevered rush to tarnish and remove a president who refuses to pretend that the media are something different from what they really are, puppets of the Democratic Party. You know, it is about time, and it is because of Trump, it's about time the Democrat Party started saying, the Republican Party started saying this. It is about time the Republican Party saying this. When, they, when you run for office as a Republican, your opponent is the press. When you try to pass a law as a Republican, your opponent is the press. If you haven't got the guts, if you haven't got the fortitude, if you haven't got the spine to stand up to the New York Times and ABC and NBC and CBS News, you better not go into this business as a Republican. Because if you are a Democrat, as we now know, and you are raping young women, they'll cover up for you. They will cover up for you. But if you get on the phone and say to the guy in, in Ukraine, maybe you ought to investigate some corruption in the Democrat Party, they will come after you. And the Democrats and the press are doing this together. Do you remember, you know, you know how they were saying this was a quid pro quo, it was a quid pro quo. They have all these uh, documents from the uh, from the testimony that was the secret testimony that was going on in uh, you know in the tree in Adam Schiff's treehouse where no girls are allowed, and they have all these documents. Not once, one time, one time in thirty five hundred pages, John Ratcliffe pointed this out. Is the word bribery used? What they were looking for it was a quid pro quo, and then the press started to catch on the fact that that people are not. This, this, these impeachment hearings are not making people in favor of impeachment. In fact, the people in favor of impeachment, the numbers are falling according to the polls, though it's really hard to tell. These polls are so dishonest at this point and so incompetent at this point, it's hard to tell. So the press started saying, you've got to stop using quid pro quo. You've got to start using things that people, these dumb, deplorable people out there can understand. Newsbusters, they do such a great job. I love Newsbusters. They put out a montage of the press informing the Democrats what they should say and the Democrats taking their marching orders from the press. A lot of the initial messaging and all of this uh, uproar uh, involved the words quid pro quo. Do, do Democrats 
congresswomen need to fine-tune their language. Why does everyone keep saying quid pro quo? Yeah, who the hell knows what that means, right? People don't get quid pro quo, which, one, is hard to say very quickly. Quid pro quo might be too complicated. And two, might get lost on some people. I mean, it's like an SAT word. Quid pro quo, people may not understand. How dangerous can these hearings be for Democrats if they can't get the public to understand what happened? Please stop saying quid pro quo. Enough with the Latin. What Trump did was bribery. It's not about a quid pro quo. Bribery. Stay away from the sort of legalistic uh, Latin arguments we've heard. Don't use the Latin. Don't use the Latin. Just use the word bribery yeah. instead of quid pro quo. Yeah. Instead of the quid pro quo. The, de the devastating testimony corroborated evidence of bribery. Quid pro quo. Bribery. Bribery. Bribery is, for the public at large, easier to understand than quid pro quo. This is the first time Speaker Pelosi has made the specific bribery case against Donald Trump. And several other key Democrats have also recently discussed bribery as the article of impeachment that they may lead with against Donald Trump. So this is all brand new this week. <laughs> you serious? <laughs> it's all one thing. It is all one thing. <clears throat> Just like it's one thing that Bill Clinton screws girls and George Stephanopoulos covers it up and ABC is where George Stephanopoulos works. And when Jeffrey Epstein uh, is exposed by an ABC reporter, that story has to die. And when that story has to, when that's, it is revealed that that story has died, ABC goes after the person who revealed the story, not the person who killed the story. I mean, that's what you should be doing. And why isn't CBS going after it? And why isn't NBC going after it? They are all doing it together. It's all one thing. And this is not a conspiracy theory. It's actually happening right in front of us. And why? You could hear it right in the disdain in that Newsbusters montage, the disdain that they had for you that you couldn't understand quid pro quo. That's why, that's why you're not, you just can't speak Latin. It's if you had, if you had gone to a good school and gotten some Latin, you, when they said quid pro quo, you would have understood it, but you're just a deplorable dummy. You can't understand that. So they have to use bribery and they have to say it very slowly, bribery, because you're too stupid to understand it. Nancy Pelosi, sent a memo to her fellow Democrats, right? This is reporting in the Washington Examiner. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi told fellow Democrats it would be dangerous, quote unquote dangerous, to skip impeachment and wait for the 2020 election to determine whether President Trump should remain in office. She says that dangerous position only adds to the urgency of our action because the president is jeopardizing the integrity of the 2020 elections. Pelosi said the call to skip impeachment proceedings and let voters decide next year is a weak response quote unquote, a weak response to the hearings Democrats have been holding. Nancy Pelosi was forced, bullied into this position of holding these things. She knew it was a bad idea. She knows it's a bad idea now, but she can't get, uh, get out of it. And she goes on, to, she goes on for an interview uh, with Face the Nation. And they start to ask her, well, here's what Republicans are saying. She says, no, no, no. She instructs the press. The press instructs her. She instructs the press. No, no, no. We're not going to be talking about their arguments because that might make us look bad. Listen. I don't think the president has had a good week. Well, Republicans argue here. You know what? If we could just talk about what we wanted to. I, I really have a real discomfort level of responding to what Republicans say uh, because they are in, in denial about what has happened in the country. So if you want to ask me about where we're going on this, mm -hmm. I'm happy to respond to that. Uh, but I, I, I find it a waste of my time and yours to just be talking about what Republicans say. Well, I, I want to just... 
let you respond, though, to the argument that's being made in messaging by Republicans here, that no, the grounds for the impeachment... Let, let their argument stand, because it's on such quicksand that I don't even want to have it given any more visibility by my dignifying any of their misrepresentations of what they say. And I say that out of great respect for you, because I respect you as a great journalist, and I'm honored to have this interview with you. But I say to everybody else, I'm not here to talk about what they say, because they're not facing the reality of what is happening to our country. Stupid is, stupid does, sir. <laughs> so all the reality takes place in Nancy Pelosi's mind, and anyone who disagrees with it had better be quiet. It's like, it's like that Woody Allen character. Don't speak. Don't speak. She's not going to let that reporter talk to her about Republicans, and the reporter doesn't. She doesn't. Of course not. So let's just sum up for this for a minute. Okay, Bill Clinton, when he was running for president and while he was president, was accused of sexual malfeasance, including exposing himself to women, including rape. George Stephanopoulos, who worked for Bill Clinton, was on hand to make sure those stories didn't break out, those big eruptions, as he called them, make sure they didn't break out. Now George Stephanopoulos has moved on from there to become the lead uh, anchorman on ABC. So now Bill Clinton is traveling with Jeffrey Epstein on the Low Lita Express. The network George Stephanopoulos works for gets that story, kills that story during the Hillary Clinton election. CBS helps ABC by trying to find out the woman, fi by firing the woman they think released the video of ABC killing the story, and NBC joins in by not covering the killing of the story, having already silenced the, another story on Matt Lauer and tried to silence the story on Harvey Weinstein as well, a huge contributor to the Clintons. When, when Devin Nunes says these people are puppets of the Democrat Party, they're all one party. They are all one party. It is the party of corruption. And the reason they hate Donald Trump so much is not because he's perfect. It's not because he's a perfect guy, but he's not one of them. He is not part of this. He is not part of this. And they want him and they want him to take him down because they look at him. They look at him and they see themselves. That's why every time they accuse him of something, it blows back on them. All right. A final reflection. Uh, I'm here, by the way, in Orlando. Beautiful city, Orlando. It's a really, really nice city. Uh, and I will be talking at the where am I going to be talking? Does anybody know? Do I ever know before I get there? It's the University of Central Florida, the University of Central Florida, where I will be talking tonight. Uh, and then I will be back here tomorrow and, um, and then come home. Um, a final reflection on the movie yesterday, which I watched on the plane coming over and I had a wonderful connection so I could really watch it and really concentrate on it. I, you know, it's not the kind of movie I usually watch. Uh, they were, there were no um, action movies available that I hadn't seen already, so I thought I'd turn it on. It did have Lily James in it, who I think is the most beautiful actress working today. I, am, I have a deep, deep crush on Lily James. I would almost watch anything uh, that she's in, and she is absolutely adorable in this. But this is a really nice picture. It is a sweet, funny, good picture. It had a couple of scenes that had me laughing out loud. It's by Richard Curtis. He wrote it. Uh, and he's the guy, of course, who wrote uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral and Notting Hill and Bridget Jones. He has a wonderful way with women's comedies or, you know, whatever you want to call them. Uh, I, I've always liked his films. I've always admired the fact that in the middle of all these depressing uh, British filmmakers, he writes light, lovable films. It was directed by Danny Boyle, who uh, did 28 Days Later and Slumdog Millionaire and Train Spotting. Also, a really good early picture of his, if you've never seen it, Shallow Grave, a really fun movie, really worth uh, 
really worth watching. Anyway, it's about this jobbing guy who can't make it as a singer. Guy, he's played by Himesh Patel, and he can't make it as a rock and roller, and he wakes up one day, and by magic, everyone has forgotten the Beatles, so he's the only person left who knows all the Beatles songs. So he's sitting around and with his pals, and they say, well, play us a song, and he plays Yesterday, and this is their reaction. When did you write that? I didn't write it. Paul McCartney wrote it. The Beatles. Who? The Beatles. The what? John, Paul, George and Ringo, the Beatles. Which Beatles is this? The insect Beatles or the car Beatles? The pop group Beatles. Nick, help me out here. <laughs> right, yes. Um, there's this problem with musicians. They presume everyone else has this encyclopedic knowledge of obscure pop. <laughs> make you feel stupid when you haven't heard of bands, you know, like Neutral Milk Hotel or uh, the Monophonics, or in this case, the Beatles. <laughs> wow, this is the most complicated joke I've ever heard. Nice song, though. It's not a nice song. No, it is, mate. Don't do yourself down just because you look like a cartoon character. It's, it's a very nice song. It's not a song. very nice song, Nick. It's one of the greatest songs ever written. Well, it's not Coldplay. It's not Fix You. It's not bloody Fix You, Carol. It's a great, great work of art. Wow. Somebody suddenly got very cocky. <laughs> it's, it is really funny stuff. The scene where he tries to play Let It Be for his parents is absolutely hilarious. Just a really good, feel-good movie with an excellent uh, final scene, pre-final -pre scene, the scene that kind of turns the picture around. Uh, wonderful scene, a lot of actual wisdom in it, a lot of smarts. Um, Richard Curtis really delivers. It hasn't gotten that good reviews, I don't know why, but I thought it was absolutely charming uh, and worth watching. And Danny Boyle does a great job and directed, and again, Lily James, anything she's in, I am there. All right, I got to stop. I will we'll go give my speech tonight, and I'll be back here tomorrow with the mailbag. So get your questions in. Hit the Go to dailywire.com, hit the podcast button, hit the Andrew Claven podcast, hit that mailbag button, and ask me anything. All your problems will be solved right here on The Andrew Claven Show. I'm Andrew Claven. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, give us a five-star review and also tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Matt Wall Show, and The Michael Knoll Show. Thanks for listening. The Andrew Claven Show is produced by Austin Stevens and directed by Mike Joyner. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Senior producer, Jonathan Hay, and our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Assistant Director, Pavel Wydowski. Edited by Adam Saevitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Cormina. Hair and makeup is by Jesua Alvera. Animations are by Cynthia Angulo. And our production assistant is Nick Sheehan. The Andrew Claven Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2019. On the Matt Wall Show, we're not just discussing politics. We're talking culture, faith, family, all of the things that are really important to you. So come join the conversation.